Welcome to my podcast, Raw Chatter, the stuff that matters. Hi folks, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time you are listening. Thank you for joining me. It's Vicky Midwood here, the alcohol addiction and disordered eating eliminator. And today's topic is talking about you and social anxiety. This has come up quite a bit this week and I wanted to just share some of the things that I have discovered about social anxiety uh, because it's something that affects my daughter um, and has done since she was very young. She's a little bit older now, she's in her 20s, but that doesn't mean to say that she's, in inverted commas, grown out of it. And I wanted to just go into what social anxiety actually feels like, why you need to understand that it's partly to do with your thought processes and that you actually have more power over it than you think, but you do need to practice getting better at handling it. And so that's what I want to cover with you today. So social anxiety is literally brought upon by the thought processes that we have before we think about going to an event or going into a, a crowded place, whether it's meeting people at a restaurant, which are open now, whether it's going to a house party, whether it's going to a biggie, big shopping mall, or even getting on a, a bus that is busier than normal, or the tube. Because let's face it, we have been in a cocoon type situation to some extent where a lot of us have not been using public transport. We've not been able to go into shops other than supermarkets. And even in supermarkets, we've only been able to go in one person, ideally. I know people have been going in as families and as couples and stuff, but really there's not been the amount of people around that there are now. And for those of us who have been shielding or have chosen to stay away from busy places, as much as possible, and I'll put my hands up, I'm not a person who likes to be in busy places full stop, pandemic or not. Not because I particularly get social anxiety, but because I am very impatient, right? And I'm gonna absolutely be honest. It's a trait of mine, uh, does it serve me well at times? Yes, it does. Does it not serve me well at times? Absolutely. Am I worried about it? No, most of the time I've got a handle on it, but I do find it incredibly frustrating when people have no social awareness in busy shopping malls or supermarkets and they literally will stop dead right with you right behind them uh, and not have a clue that they have caused you any kind of issues whatsoever. Um, I also have an issue with people who walk super duper slow. If, if anybody has met me or has walked with me for any length of time, you will know that I walk fast. Uh, that is my natural pace um, because I used to walk a couple of dogs when I was 11 years old. One was a Great Dane who was pretty much up to my rib cage in height and the other was a Doberman. Now I had to keep up with both of them. And I had them on two leads, one one with my arm in the air, one with my arm down. And, and unless I learned to walk pretty fast, I would not have been walking them. I would have been running them, right? So I learned how to walk fast and I've just kept that, that fast pace of walking. The only time it slowed down was actually after my heart attack. And, and I remember, because I was a little bit concerned about, you know, how I would feel exerting myself and, and just walking was something that I needed to do every single day but there's a there's an air of nervousness 
when you first start out having had a heart attack and anybody who's listening who's had one will know it's just a confidence thing more than anything um but i was walking slower than i've ever walked since i was 10 years old and oh my goodness me i remember thinking how on earth do people walk this slow all of the time <laughs> anyway i've di diversified and digressed which is what i do my point being that we are now in situations where we haven't been for a long time. And for a lot of us, even people who were not necessarily prone to social anxiety before, it's actually becoming something. And first of all, it's absolutely real, okay? When we have been safe in our, in our environment, we've known who was around us and what we can do and what we can't do, to suddenly being thrust into a situation where we don't know what other people are going to do. We don't know if they have got any spatial awareness and may actually encroach on our space. And we've been used to this, you know, this two metre gap between us. So suddenly now, if people are starting to forget about it, and, and most of them are forgetting, it's not that they're doing it on purpose, then you can really feel quite anxious about them coming too close to you. Not necessarily because you're scared that you might get the virus, but that might be what you are worried about. But just the whole general idea of them encroaching on your space now just feels uncomfortable. And because of that, there is a physiological stress response that takes place. And when we have that stress response, cortisol and adrenaline come surging through the body, right? And by default, your heart will beat faster. Right? We're going to go into that stress response because we're either meant to run away or stand and fight. Now, most of the time, we don't have to do either of those things. But when you're in that social environment, you will get sweaty palms. You will get that racing heart. And the problem that often happens is because we start to feel these physical symptoms, it then makes us feel even more anxious that this is happening and we seemingly can't control it. Then our breathing gets more shallow. And if we keep worrying about the fact that we've got these sweaty hands and now we might be even starting to shake a little bit physically um, and we're breathing in short bursts, it can bring on a panic attack. And all of this is brought upon by our own thought processes. Now, albeit those processes are extraordinarily fast, right? So you're not necessarily conscious that this is what's going on. But what we need to do is practice when we're not in that state of how to handle things when we are so that we have got kind of rehearsed, if you like, what we need to do. So what do you do? Well, very simply, if you know you are going into an environment where you're likely to feel slightly anxious, remind yourself that especially now, there's a lot of people are feeling exactly the same as you are. You are not going to be the only person who is feeling that way. If you can, allow yourself to have more time to do whatever it is you need to do. So if you, if you know that you tend to get anxious when things are crowded and perhaps and you know, you, a bus goes past and, and it looks really, really full and you just think, you know what, I'm going to wait for the next one. And give yourself enough time to be able to do that because there's nothing worse than if you have social anxiety where you are against the clock as well. So allow yourself much more time to do things at the moment. Then we need to remind ourselves that you are the thinker of your thoughts. So you can choose to think different thoughts. Now, one of the things that a lot of people tell me when we talk about social anxiety and about how they feel 
is that they are really worried about what other people will think of them. And I want to tell you quite bluntly, right, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you, because unless you are actually in their head, listening to their thoughts, you have no clue what it is they are thinking, right? You are assuming, you are guessing, you are catastrophizing, but you do not know what they are thinking. And the most likely thing that they are thinking is not about you at all. That's even if they've noticed you, because they will be more concerned with how they are feeling whether it's whether they are actually suffering a little bit themselves from, from some kind of anxiety or concern being out and about in public again or in big crowds, or whether it's that they're too busy thinking about how to get to the next place that they're going to, or who is the next person, if it's a party, who I'm going to speak to. I'm sorry to say this, but you are not that important. You're not in other people's radar, I'm sorry, but you are not the person that they are going to suddenly focus on and home in on. They're not gonna judge your size. They're not gonna judge your clothing. They're not gonna judge anything about you. You are the one who is judging you. And you are assuming incorrectly, and actually quite arrogantly, that other people think like you. Now, that may sound a little bit harsh, but it's kind of meant to, because, I need you to know that when it comes to things like social anxiety and wondering what other people think of us, what we're saying really is that we believe that we are the focus of other people's attention, that we are somehow front and center. Well, sorry, no, you are not that important. And it is actually quite arrogant to think that you are. Now that may sound harsh and it sounded harsh to me when I was first told that, but it's a lesson that I had to learn, right? It's very arrogant to believe that you are the center of other people's worlds. Why would you be? They've got their own world, right? That they are worried about. And they have people in that world who they may be more concerned about than you. And chances are they haven't even noticed you. Okay, so that's something that I really wanted to share because it is really important. Now, then we get to the kind of the other side of the social anxiety stuff. So say you've gotten to the party or to the event or whatever it is. And then let's talk about, say, a shop scenario. You have decided that you, you've got the stuff that you want to get. And because you're in a state of anxiety, often you may find yourself fumbling around with your purse or with trying to get your purse out of your handbag or your credit card. You might have put it safely in your pocket somewhere so you'd be able to get to it easily. And then you've forgotten that you did that and you start to get all flustered. And hey-ho, what happens again? We get those same sensations of the sweaty skin and you feeling that everybody's looking at you. Stop. Take a breath. Give yourself some space. Just that simple act of deep breathing in through your nose and slowly out through your mouth a couple of times will give you the space to say, just bear with me a moment. People will only start to get flustered and annoyed if you don't bring yourself back to a state where you can then do whatever it is that you want to do. And you're only going to keep exacerbating that state of anxiety if you don't stop and breathe. If you think about it, this is why if somebody has an asthma attack, it sounds very old fashioned, but it used to be getting to breathe through a paper bag, because literally by slowing that breath down and making them just focus 
on that one thing, breathing in and out that paper bag, you by default take away any other focus, which means their brain can't be going off on tangents and pinging here, there and everywhere. So give yourself that space to deep breathe. And here's the thing, if you do, if you are in a queue in a shop and you are hearing somebody huffing and puffing, you know what? That's their shit. It's not yours. If they can't cope with the fact that somebody is just struggling for a moment and they're going to be stood in that queue for maybe a little bit longer than they anticipated, tough shit, right? Deal with it. Or get out the queue, right, and go somewhere else. It's that simple. Other people's feelings are not your responsibility. Let me say that again. Other people's feelings are not your responsibility. The only person whose feelings you are responsible for is you. So give yourself the space, give yourself the love, give yourself the kindness to stop and take a breath and allow yourself to collect and do what it is you need to do. Now, the other thing that comes up when it comes to social anxiety is, is being in conversation with people. And that can be a tricky one, especially if you're not particularly confident in yourself. If you're, if you're quite a young person, uh, and especially now, if you haven't been used to being at school all of the time and socializing with your friends very much in person, to suddenly find yourself in a situation where, you know, maybe you're in the playground or maybe you are at university and you're, and you're in a dorm or you're meeting up with friends for a coffee or something and it's you don't really know these people that well. Not like you would have done had you have had a normal situation over the last year. So everybody's feeling a little bit more anxious. Everybody's feeling a little bit more self-conscious and a little bit more aware. But you're all in the same boat. So again, take that deep breath. And one of the the most helpful things that I can say to you is when you are in conversation with people and you're worried about saying something stupid, there's always a default, right, that is always safe. And that is to ask questions about other people. So if you have a tendency to be very, very shy and, and kind of be a bit of a wallflower or just be in the group but feel that you're not part of the group because they all seem to be chatting and know each other better than you, start asking questions about them. People love to talk about themselves. And if you can be the one who instigates a question about themselves, as they start talking and explaining stuff and letting you in a little bit more to who they are and what they do and what they like, you can then start to go, oh, yes, I've been there as well. Oh, how, how amazing. What did you think about it? So you can start to really work conversations around very simple questions. And the key to it is to listen. Listen fully. Not listen half-heartedly whilst you are working out what you are going to say, right? Because you will not be hearing fully what is being said. And by the time you are ready to say, when you've edited it and said it in your head three times and then decided that that's not the right thing to say, or they might think you're stupid, you've lost the chance to become a part of that conversation. So stop going off into your own head and working out how you are going to speak or what you're going to say to contribute and just listen 
and come in with questions when it's appropriate. It's called active listening. And to actively listen, you need to be 100% present. And that allows you the opening to start to get know, to know people that little bit more. Once you then realize that they will start to reciprocate and include you in those conversations because you are becoming more a part of, then it gets so much easier. But it's never gonna be easy to start with. If you're a person who's always hung back in conversation and has only ever said something, if you feel you've got something important or something witty or something interesting to say, then chances are you're going to feel apart from. And if you feel apart from in social situations, that is going to reinforce this idea that social situations are hard for you. So change that reality by starting to make social situations an easier experience for you. And you do that by actively listening and asking questions to other people about themselves, what they've been up to and so forth. And that's when you can start to just give little snippets about you. So that's what I wanted to share with you today, folks. You are not on your own with social anxiety. There are a number of people now who are feeling that way, who have never experienced it before, who may even have made fun of people and told them to pull themselves together and just get stuck in and don't be so silly and realize that actually, do you know what? It's real. So don't let anybody tell you that there is something wrong with you if you do feel socially anxious. However, do not accept that that's just it and that's how you are. You are the person who is responsible for doing something about it. You can think different thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts and the thoughts that you think are yours to make at any time. You can change them. The key is stop. Give yourself the opportunity to take some deep breaths in, to calm that nervous system down that is giving you all of those physical symptoms of stress and anxiety and allow yourself to take your time. I hope that's been helpful for you folks. If it has, I'd love you to leave some comments. If you think that this might be helpful to anybody that you know, please do get them to have a little listen, maybe send them the link or put it on your timeline or social media, wherever. If you would like to get in touch with me about stress or anxiety, uh, about how it's making you feel and how you can actually work out some other techniques that can be really, really helpful, then I'd love you to get in touch with me. My details are on the information of this podcast. Have a lovely, lovely day, whatever you do, and thank you for listening. Take care of you because you are worth it.